Two Belt Tuesday. We love the Two Belt Tuesdays. We're going to talk about a bunch of things today. The Indianapolis Colts, Gus Bradley's got to dial up the scheme in order for the Colts to beat the Texans. That means that Gus Bradley's job is on the line in this game. If the Colts lose this game, that is not going to be a positive development for the tenure of Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley is really on the hook here, and it's going to be interesting to see how his defense responds to that fact. Uh, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Is he injured? Is he not? He, he seemed to be injured in the game the other day. Uh, did not want to be helped up with his right hand. Came off the field, went into the tent quickly, came back out of the tent, wound up playing more. But what does that mean? I think we're going to find out today. We're going to see on the injury report, is he on it? Is Ryan Kelly going to be on it? We're going to talk about injuries a little bit with the Colts. We're going to talk about C.J. Stroud versus Gardner Minshew. This is the matchup that really matters in this game. If, if the Colts are going to win this game, Gardner Minshew's got to play clean because C.J. Stroud is very likely to play clean. C.J. Stroud's a guy who's thrown five interceptions this season, three of them in one of the games. So he is a guy, he's been clean, no picks, since November 19th. Four games straight, no picks. Gardner Minshew, one pick in the last three. That's really good. But it didn't C.J. Stroud. We'll talk about that. Uh, Pacers, big win last night over the Bucks. They exploded in the fourth quarter. The bench was awesome last night. Pacers playing really good basketball. Uh, the freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, with a triple-double in 30 points. That's a hell of a game. That's a good thing. I wonder if you wanted that game ball. Uh, Bucks visiting the Pacers tomorrow night. Another chapter, the final chapter in the regular season of this rivalry. This is their fifth meeting. And this season is, is what, two and a half months old. Uh, we're going to talk about the Colts and their suspensions. Really weird number of suspensions this year for the Colts. I don't see it as a bad thing necessarily because establishing culture, it doesn't eliminate behavioral errors. What it does is penalize them. So we'll talk about it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the college football playoff, the national championship game which is now all Big Ten because Washington's coming to the Big Ten. So you got Big Ten versus Big Ten coming up next week, and it should be a pretty fascinating game, but I think I know who's going to win it. This is Breakfast with Kent for uh, Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, brought to you by the great people at MyBookie. Look, here's the deal with MyBookie. You deposit a minimum of $50 with the promo code KENT. Easy to spell. There's only one way to spell Kent. There is no other way. It is K-E-N-T. Because <laughs> I misspell it. Good Lord. Um, and you get up to $200 in an instant cash bonus that you bet once and you can withdraw at your leisure. That becomes your money once, it bets, once you bet it once. So go to my bookie, and the details are in the show description, in the comments, and have some fun. Enjoy yourself. If you've got no rooting interest, either in Michigan or in Washington, you know what? 
Oh, one other thing you're going to want to uh, maybe have a little action in order to drive some passion as you watch that game uh, this coming week. You know what? Subscribe to the channel because that's a, that makes it more convenient for you to consume. Like this video because it's the polite thing to do. Who's your hospitality and all that? And if you want to make a donation, you make a donation. No big whoop. Two big brains coming today at about 1 o'clock. Dan and I will be right back at it. As always, let's go. Let's talk about the Colts. Let's talk about sports. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Um, you know what? It, it, and in this big game for the Colts, you, you saw what happened. This is very similar to 2021. In 2021, all the Colts had to do was win one of their last two games in order to go to the playoffs. They lost both. They finished the season 9-8 and eight outside the playoffs. As a result of that, it was ta-ta-ta-tell to Carson Wentz. And then it really set the stage for a, uh, a separation from Frank Reich midseason of the following year, last year in 2022. If they win that game, the arc of this team is entirely different. They didn't. So it wasn't. This is very, very similar. This game, if the Colts win this game, they get to 10-7, and seven, they go to the playoffs, either as the AFC South champion or the wild card in either the 6th or the 7th spot. You know what? The Colts might just run it back intact. But if they lose, somebody's going to pay, and that somebody is likely to be Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley has shown an intractability schematically that is not viewed positively on West 56th Street, where the Colts have their offices and their practice facility. Um, Gus Bradley is going to have to dial it up against the Texans in order to beat them. You need to do some very specific things. You've got to take away Collins. You've got to keep them from running the football. You can't let them get off running the football. The Colts are 27th against the run this year. You can't have that on Sunday, and this should be a really good run defense. And in the beginning of the season, it was. And then you've got to stop the vertical threat of Collins. If you can do that, and if you can money things up a little bit for Stroud, you can beat this team. But that needs to be done schematically. It's not just man-on-man. Man. It's not just like the Colts lining up as they've lined up the first 16 games and saying, bring it to me. That's not what this needs to be. They need to be the smarter team from a scheme perspective. Can they be under Gus Bradley this weekend, this Saturday night? It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be really, really interesting to watch and see if the Colts can do what they have not done over the first 16 games in the 17th game. They really need to do it in order to send the Texans back. The Texans have done a really good job. D'Amico Ryans is a hell of a good coach. He has got that team playing really well. They have won six of their last nine. Hey, Colts, no shade to them. They've won six of their last eight. So the, the Colts are playing good football. The Texans are playing good football. Two of the more competitive teams in the AFC going at it. But there are things that the Texans do offensively that have got to be mitigated schematically by the Colts 
or they got problems. On the offensive side of the ball, you know what? It's a matter of keeping Minshew clean. If you keep Minshew clean, you're going to have a better time trying to maintain possession of the ball. You cannot turn the ball over against the Texans because they are very unlikely to turn it over themselves. Going to be a really, really interesting game. They're number one in giveaways and not in the good direction for the Colts, in the bad direction for the Colts. They've given it away 14 times this year. Nobody in the NFL has uh, less than 14 giveaways this season. All right, the number of suspensions I think is really interesting for the Colts, and it's being pointed to as maybe a uh, as evidence of of the Colts welcoming wandering behaviors into their midst. The, the latest, and it wasn't necessarily a suspension, at least it's not a suspension yet, Drew Ogletree is on the commissioner's exempt list. That's not a suspension but he's accused of a level of, defense, of domestic violence that's really kind of troubling. One of the nicest guys in a locker room, you never know. Like media people, we, we walk into the locker room, we talk to guys, we think we know uh, and get a little bit of insight into who these guys are, but you really don't. And, and what happens away from the facility is a completely different thing than what happens inside it, obviously. Nobody's going to behave like some kind of a lunatic inside the locker room. Uh, Antonio Morrison and Laurent Landry notwithstanding, you know, it's unlikely to happen that guys are going to behave in a, a kind of give you that, that look like, oh, well, anything could happen. If I ask the wrong question, I might get punched. You don't get that a lot in the locker room. But Drew Ogletree was a guy, you, you never thought that anything like this could possibly happen. Anyway, uh, a lot of suspensions this year. Grover Stewart for PEDs, Al-Qadeen Muhammad PEDs, Isaiah Rogers gambling, Rashad Berry gambling, Tony Brown, Isaiah McKenzie, conduct detrimental. We don't know what the hell they did, but it is not being tolerated by the Colts. So, um, I'm really curious what in the world happened with those guys. I, I guess we'll find out at some point, maybe. I, I don't mind suspensions. I don't think suspensions and, and behavioral concerns that result in very, very public penalties, I don't think that's a sign of a bad culture. I think it's a sign of a good culture. I think it's a sign that Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard are saying, no, no, no. We're not putting up with it. And two things happen when you do that. Number one, you show the violators that there will be consequences for their bad acts. And number two, you show the guys who don't violate behavioral mores that there are going to be consequences for bad acts for those who do violate. Nothing drives rule followers crazier than a, a company, a unit, a department that doesn't penalize those who don't. It's really, really interesting. Uh, and uh, Jonathan, I think that's an interesting comment. Let's, let's talk about that. The turnaround this team has had this season is proof enough that the roster is good enough. The defense is a glaring weak spot, and that it, having players like Buck and Z, who are both pro bowlers. Um, yeah, I, I think the defense has to be better. 
and and that means a lot of things. And, and, and some people would like to give Gus Bradley credit for uh, adjusting. And and you heard Shane Steichen say it yesterday, and that there was kind of. He said, I, I think Gus has done a good job. Usually, people say great job, excellent job, superb job. Usually, they're effusive in their praise, especially at this point in the season. Shane wasn't yesterday about Gus Bradley. Um, I, I think that there is frustration within the Colts about Gus Bradley. I think they feel like they've got enough good players to play at a high level. They've got a good defensive front minus the backup tackles, who have not been very good and can't stop the run. Uh, you've got youth in the secondary that is uh, like real youth. Nick Cross, young, right? you got two rookie corners. With, with Kenny Moore out last weekend, you really didn't have a veteran back there. Uh, the linebackers, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed, good. Yeah, not great. But good. I mean, Zaire Franklin is a really good, the highest end of good, right? He's not a dynamic athletic presence, and that's why he's a seventh-round pick. E.J. Speed, more athleticism, but occasional wobbles in terms of, of how he plays. And you saw that in, in the, uh, the roughing the kicker. Saw it on a late hit out of bounds that was costly. This is a team, like... Uh, the Texans don't commit a lot of penalties, and they don't give the ball away a lot. They don't have a tremendous amount of talent, but they play with great discipline. The Colts, they when they're there, when they play like that, they can beat anybody, and they need to. I think it's interesting. The talent level on the defense, as you assess, and then, you know what, Shane Steich, during the bye week, he showed himself to be a very, very adept self-scouter. Sometimes it's hard for a coach to point at his team's own inadequacies and say, hey, we need help here. <clears throat> Steichen showed himself able to do that. But I, I like the culture that's been established, and I think those suspensions are a result of the culture. We don't take any crap around here, so don't give us any crap around here, or you're going to be on the outside looking in. I think that's a really good message. Um Let's talk about the college football playoff a little bit. Michigan, Washington. Michigan won last night because Alabama wasn't dotting I's and crossing T's. It's not the details that generally beat Nick Saban's teams at, with Crimson Tide. Usually it's the execution of details that allow them to win games that maybe they shouldn't, but never lose games that they should win. And they should have won that game last night and didn't. You've got center quarterback exchanges that that go awry. You can't have that. That is so non-Nick Saban. So Bama loses in overtime. Michigan, they get the win. Jim Harbaugh gives us another opportunity to root against Harbaugh and Michigan in the finals. And then Washington last night. Washington kind of allowed Texas to kick in the door and and maybe steal that game late. Instead, Tex the Texas uh, the Longhorns they can't get it done late. And and from their own or from the uh, Washington fifteen, they can't push it in. And so they're out. Washington's in, and you've got Washington, Michigan, an all Big Ten final 
in the final year of the Pac-12, but next year that will be all Big Ten. Those two programs. Maybe the Big Ten's back, baby! Um, Penix last night was awesome. 29-38, 430 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He was really good. Man, would he look good in an Indiana jersey. Am I right or am I right? Good heavens. Um, Bama, Bama might want to look at Nick Saban. Here's what happens as guys matriculate in age. And we see it all the time in every sport. At some point, the details just go away. And they, they, they can't trouble themselves with it. They want to live their lives. Nick Saban's like 72 years old. Nick Saban's not a guy who, who's... Does he want to worry about a 19-year-old and how he centers the football or, or how a 20-year-old catches a football being snapped? Like, do, do, does he want to spend his 50th year in the game teaching guys how to snap and accept the foot? No, he does not. And so, Bama loses. I think the people of Bama have got to look at Nick Saban. Uh, Pacers last night, big win over the Bucks, 122-113. The fourth quarter was all Pacers. Uh, ben Math uh, Matherin, awesome last night, 25-13. and 13, 13 boards for Benedict Matherin. Halliburton, 26-11. and 11. Jackson, 18-9 and 9 in 20 minutes. Really, really good. McConnell had a good game last night. Giannis, 30, 18, and 11. I wonder if he wants that game ball. I uh, wonder if, if the Pacers put that one in their hip pocket to bring back to Indy. We'll see what happens tomorrow night as the Pacers host the Bucks. Round five of this matchup. These teams don't like each other a lot. Pacers coming back to win last night. How much fun is that? They've won four in a row, people. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Jessica Parker, Chris Saunders, the great Roberto, Robert Ebbs, Rick Geezer, finest talk radio producer in the city of Chicago as we speak. Uh, Pat Strong, happy birthday. John Gloyeski, Bob Fine, and the great Kendra Bennett. Happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other up. Don't pull each other down. Be good to each other. Have a great day. Second day of the year. You had a good day yesterday. Let's start stacking days in 2024 being better people and doing something. Have some fun out there today. One o'clock, two big brains, Dan and I, we cannot wait.